Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Well, praise the Lord. Good to see you this morning. Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. Thank you for the flowers and the gift card this morning. And uh, we appreciate that so very much. Thank you, Brian, for remembering our, uh, wherever Brian is. Thank you for remembering our anniversary, Brian. He said to me on Wednesday, he said, you know, you reminded me twice last Sunday. You mentioned it in your sermon twice. And so I'm glad you were listening, Brian, to my sermon last week. You know, our chairman of the deacon board listens to the messages now, so praise the Lord. But we, uh, we're thankful to be here. We praise the Lord for what he's done in these last seven years, and we're thankful in praising him already for what he's going to do in the future. And I'm glad that we get to be a part of that with you. And um, I'm, I'm just thankful for that. So Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 5. I'm going to preach a message today out of this same out of the same book that we've been in, uh, Hebrews 11, we've taken different different men and different women throughout this this chapter, the 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 uh, Hall of Faith. These are men and women in the Bible that uh, God used in a great way. They had great faith. We've looked at uh, various different ones, and today I want to look at verse number five. And this man is a man by the name of Enoch. How many of you ever heard of the man named Enoch before? All right, what, what, is, what is significant about the man named Enoch? Anybody know? He didn't die. Yeah, the Bible says he, uh, God took him, and uh, so he, uh, he did not die. So we're going to learn some things about Enoch here today. There are some other significant things about Enoch as well that I hope we'll be able to learn here today. But by faith, by faith, mark that word faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. God took him and was not found because God had translated him. So there means this, there's no body that was found. They, they, uh, uh, it wasn't some kind of trick. Enoch was taken. He was born like every other human being upon this earth was born, except he was taken. And there's not a body of Enoch that's laying someplace, and they couldn't find Enoch. And you think about this, you know, when Enoch came up missing, his family probably was wondering, where is he? They began to look for him, and they probably looked and looked and looked, and, and it was Scripture that tells us what happened to this man by the name of Enoch. Because God had translated him, for, for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He had this testimony that he pleased God. If I had just one prayer, if I was told I could have one prayer for our church, for you, for me, for my family, for your family, my prayer would be this, that we learn to walk with God, that we pleased God. What a, what a wonderful testimony that Enoch had that's written for all of the human race to read. Humankind could see this kind of testimony. He walked with God. He pleased God. How many of you would say, that's my prayer?
prayer and my hope today. I want to walk with God. I, I want it said of me that he pleased God. Now, it isn't, it isn't his family that finally said we can't find him and let's just write this on his tombstone, let's put, it, put a tombstone, a marker, and just simply write, he pleased God or he walked with God. This was God saying this. There was something, a way that Enoch lived, there was something about Enoch that he lived in such a way that God chose to take him. He walked with God and he pleased God. Over, over these last seven years, I hope that you and I have learned from God's Word how to walk with Him. We've been in, in Hebrews chapter 11, and we've been preaching on faith, and last week we preached on grace giving. This, this, uh, I want us to be right with God. Don't you want to be right with God? I want to walk with Him. I, I want the Spirit of God to minister to my life. I, I want to commune with God. I want you to go with, to Genesis chapter 5. We're going to see in the Old Testament. You can keep your place there in Hebrews chapter 11. Genesis chapter number 5. In Genesis chapter 5, it speaks of all of Adam's descendants. It speaks of Adam. It speaks of Seth. It speaks of his children all the way down through till you get to verse number 21, and you read of this man named Enoch. Enoch was a direct descendant. You see the, the, the lineage here of Enoch down back through, through Seth and through, through Adam. You can find this. You can find they, they've had children. You find Enoch had a man, child, uh, uh, by the name of Methuselah. He lived 60 and five years. In verse number 20, he begat, or uh, Methuselah was born. In verse number 22, it tells us this man Enoch, he walked with God, after he had begat Methuselah, 300 years, and begat sons and daughters. So we know he was 65 when he had Methuselah. He walked with God for 300 years. He, um, he, he had children, and all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So we find in Genesis chapter 5 some things about Enoch that we find as well in in Hebrews chapter number 11, this man by the name of Enoch. And Enoch is a picture, he's a picture of prophecy. He's a picture of the rapture of the church. One day, Jesus Christ is going to come and he's going to receive his bride. He's going to take his bride. We're going to be raptured. We're going to be taken from this earth and we're going to be taken into heaven, raptured into heaven. And Enoch is a picture of us being taken up. What a glorious day that is going to be. What a glorious day. Matter of fact, I have that right in my notes. What a glorious day. She must have read my notes. I thought I saw her peeking through my window there before church. What a glorious day. It is going to be a glorious day. Enoch's, Enoch's main emphasis is this. He walked with God. That's what we know about Enoch. Why, why was he taken? Because he walked with God. There's others. There are some others. If you were to read through, you would find some descendants of Enoch, uh, some children uh, that uh, you could read through the Old Testament that God was displeased with them and God took them, but he took them with death. Judah had a son in uh, Ur and, and, and God took him and he had another son, Onan, and God took him. He didn't translate them. He didn't take them by, by uh, uh, the way he took Enoch. He, he killed them because of their disobedience. 
But here, Enoch was taken into heaven because of his obedience, because of his testimony, because he walked with God. If you walk with God, we will be pleasing to him. The Bible says this, he pleased God, and we find in the Old Testament, he walked with God. The only way to be pleasing to God is to walk with God, to walk in his presence. I'm afraid this, so often we as children of God, we're saved and we're born again and heaven is our home, but we aren't walking with him. We're living lives where we don't have communion with God. The Spirit of God dwells inside of us, but we're not listening to His voice. And we have determined that we are going to live life the way that we want to live. And we're rejoicing because one day we're going to see Jesus. But until then, this is my life. Not Enoch. Enoch walked with God. And I would say this. I believe that God wants us to walk with Him. In Micah chapter 6, verse number 8, just write that in your notes and go back and you can study this. The Bible says this, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. This is what the Lord requires of us. This is what the Lord desires for us to do, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Can that be said of you? Do you walk with God? Would God say that you walk with Him? Have you communed with Him this today, this morning? It's more than just coming to church. God wants you to walk with Him. And who we are here in this place is who we should be when we leave this place. It isn't that we just come here once a week so we feel the presence of God while we worship. God's presence ought to be with us every day. Every single moment we are to be in the presence of God. When we're singing, that's not when we come into God's presence. Sometimes we'll say this, God, uh, uh, meet with us. We come into your presence. The reality is this. If you're a child of God, you're always in his presence. We need to behave like this. So I want to give you several things today as we look at this man by the name of Enoch that I hope that will be a help to us. I've been preaching a lot lately through our Wednesdays and on Sundays because church, I'll just be totally honest with you. I believe, I truly believe that we are living in end times. I believe it. I, I mean, with, with all of my heart, I believe that we're living in end times. I, I believe that we can find it in the word of God and you can just find direct correlation with the word of God, with events that are happening in this generation. I believe that Jesus Christ is coming again. And if this is true, then I also believe this, that the church is going to suffer great persecution. And I want our church to be prepared. I want you and your family to be prepared for this persecution that I believe is going to come in this generation. It's spiraling. If you took the last 20 years and seen how fast things are moving in this world, some of you, some of you, I've talked to some of you, and you would say this, this in, in this generation, in my generation. My mom is visiting. We had Grandparents Day at the Academy here, and she came to, to, to go with Chloe to Grandparents Day, and we were, 
we had dinner last evening together and she began to tell me, she said, you know, I went down and I saw in my grandfather's sister, my grandfather learned this, he was one of 15, 15 people, 15, not people, but 15 siblings. Uh, uh, they were all people, kids, I think. But my mom this, this summer went and visited his, his sister. So his, her aunt, um, 90 some years old, and visited her, her father, my grandfather's sister. And she pulled out, I guess over the years, she's been trying to do this family tree and she's got pictures. And, and my mom had pictures, showed me pictures of her great, great, great grandfather. I didn't even know they had pictures back then. I mean, this is like pre-Civil War time. And uh, we're not talking stick figures that were drawn. I mean, these are actual photography of these families. And, um, and she showed me, she said, did you know that we had Indian, Cherokee Indian in our blood? And I said, I had no idea. She showed me a picture. I have a great, 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 great grandfather that was Native American Indian. And and uh, she showed me this picture of him and, and this family tree and all of this history. And I began to think about this great history. And it's not that long ago, really. Just, I mean, in, in, in the space of time, it's not that long ago. And I thought, as I looked at that picture of my fourth great-grandfather, I thought, what would he think of the world that we're living in today? I mean, he was standing there, and, you know, they, they stand, and, and they have this, this, this light, and it blows up, and it takes a picture of, you know, now we have this phone. You know, we get like 15 pictures right in a row. We take pictures of everything. I wonder what he could, would think of me being able to talk to my son halfway around the world over this device. I, I thought, what would he think of this technology? Then I began to think, what would he think about the condition of this world? The things that he's seeing. In just a very short time, how awful, how wicked, how perverse this world is getting, imagine what it's going to be like in just a few more years. What it's going to be like. Enoch is walking with God and Enoch is walking with God in a very difficult time. If you were to read into chapter number six, chapter number six in Enoch's lifetime is when it said that God, it repented that God had even made man. That man was only thought continually wickedness. That's all they thought about is how they could get even more wicked than they already were. It came to the place where God said, I have to destroy mankind. And God sent a flood upon the earth because man was so wicked. This was the life and the generation that Enoch was living in. And I want you to write several things down, if you would please. Number one, Enoch had a life of faith with God. Now, I know we've talked about faith every week for several weeks now. Don't just ignore this because I really want to hammer this home. Enoch had a life of faith, a life of faith. If we are going to be able to weather the storms, if we're going to be able to endure persecution, if we're going to, to have a life where we can walk with God, where we live a life pleasing to God till Jesus Christ comes, then we must have a life of faith. 
Go with me back. Hold your place there in Genesis. We'll be back and forth from Genesis 5 to Hebrews chapter 11. Look with me again in our text verse in Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 5. By faith, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had his testimony that he pleased God. Look with me in verse number six, immediately after speaking of Enoch and the faith that he had, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. It says that he pleased God, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if we look at verse number five, in verse number six, what we learn of Enoch is this. He obviously had faith because if he lived a life that pleased God, and the only way to please God is to live a life of faith, then Enoch obviously lived a life of faith. He lived faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of him that diligently seek him. And so verse number six gives us the testimony of Enoch. Enoch sought God. He's living in a day that is a wicked day, but here's a man named Enoch that did not compromise his life to the wickedness of this world, but, in, uh, but instead he sought to know God, to know God's will for his life, to know what God's word had to say. It takes faith to walk with God. You cannot say that you're walking with God, pleasing God, unless you are living a life of faith. And where do we get faith to walk? Romans chapter 10, verse number 17, the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It takes the word of God, listening and hearing and obeying the word of God in order for us to live a life of faith. So the only way that you can live a life pleasing to God is a life of faith. And the only way for us to receive faith is for us to have confidence and believe in what God has to say. Now, you might say, well, what did Enoch know? Because a lot of times we think of these old uh, men and women in the Old Testament that, that didn't have the word of God. And what did they really know about God and his word and in the future? We know this, that you can't have faith without hearing from God. So we hear God's word and we practice or we live in obedience what God has to say. And so if you want to be pleasing to God, how do you check that? You check that against God's word. How obedient are you to God's word? The principles that God has laid out, the plan that God has laid out, God's will for your life that he has uh, given to you, are you living in obedience to his word or are you living in defiance to his word? Because you're only living one way. You're either living obedient to him or you're living disobedient to God. Enoch was a, was a prophet. Enoch knew something. God spoke to Enoch. I want you to go with me to the book of Jude. The book of Jude, only one chapter in Jude. Jude tells us about Enoch. Enoch was a prophet. Enoch said, uh, Jude said in verse number 14 of Jude, chapter number one, in Enoch also, the seventh from Adam prophesied of these. So 
So Jude is going to give us a little bit more about this man named Enoch. We know in chapter 11 of Hebrews that he pleased God. He walked with God in in, uh, Genesis chapter number 5. Jude says he prophesied. He said, behold, the Lord cometh when 10,000 of his saints... Enoch, who is a picture of the rapture of the church, a type of the rapture of the church, he's prophesying of the rapture of the church. He says this, the Lord is coming with 10,000 of his saints. Look with me in verse number 15. To do what? To execute judgment upon all and to convince all that there are ungodly among them, all of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed in all of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. This is what Jude says. This was Enoch's message. So when we find that Enoch lived a life pleasing to God, he heard God's word. God spoke to Enoch. Enoch believed it. And Enoch lived it. And he prophesied. He was warning this generation that the Lord is coming again. He's coming again. And so this is what must be true, church. We, in order in this generation, if we want to be found pleasing to God, we too know the Word of God. We too know the truth of the Word of God. And it is our message to be proclaiming to this ungodly generation, the Lord is coming again. That's our job. That's our purpose. To remind this world that judgment is coming Enoch saw the wickedness of this world. And how did Enoch know this? God had to have told him that judgment was coming. Now, something interesting about Enoch. Enoch, he was full of the Word of God, and he proclaimed the Word of God, and he prophesied. Now, as you study, I, I, love, I love history. As I was looking at those photos yesterday of my mom's side of the family, I was, I was intrigued by all of that. My brother, not long ago looked at the, the Rand side, and he went back to like the 1500s and saw our family tree. I was intrigued by, by all, of, all of what I learned. I love history. With Enoch, the Bible tells us here with Jude that Enoch was the seventh from Adam. So Enoch could say that Adam was his seventh great-grandfather. And when we think of that, we think, well, how long was, how, much, how many years between that? How long did, was Adam dead before his seventh great-grandchild was born? And the reality is this. Adam was alive when Enoch was born. Adam was 622 when Enoch was born. And Adam lived another 300 years after Enoch was born. Enoch only lived to be 365. The majority of Enoch's life, Adam was alive. Think about that. Adam saw all the wickedness, all the sin, all the corruption that he caused by his decision in the garden. And for all of those years... He's witnessing this. Now, the Bible tells this of Adam. Adam once walked with God. God would come to the garden in the cool of the day. He'd hear God's voice. God would walk with him. Matter of fact, that 
Sin, God came and he was calling Adam, Adam, where art thou? Adam, where art thou? He came to fellowship and to commune with Adam, but sin broke that, that, that fellowship that Adam once had with God. And Enoch, it said now, this seventh generation from Adam, he walked with God. He communed with God. He lived a life pleasing to God. Adam was was. 622, Enoch had faith. Enoch had to have faith to hear from God. He believed God, and he walked with God. I wonder, I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us, but I, I wonder the communication that Adam and Enoch would have had. I wonder what Adam would have said of Enoch when Enoch would tell his seventh great-grandfather, I'm I'm listening to the voice of God. I wonder if Adam ever said to Enoch, I remember, I remember listening to the voice of God and would share with Enoch the days that God would come into that garden and would walk in communion with him in fellowship, that sweet fellowship that was broken because of sin. Enoch now is also saying, I'm fellowshipping, I'm walking with God. As Adam is seeing and as Adam is witnessing the demise of mankind, there is one man that had to bring joy to Adam's life, and that man was Enoch. Because Enoch chose that I am not going to go the way of this world, but I I am going to listen to the Word of God and the voice of God, and I'm going to be obedient to what God has to say. I've been preaching through Hebrews chapter number 11. Why? Because I desire for our church to have a life of faith. I desire for our church to believe God's word and to walk according to God's word. I know, I know the last couple years of this world, it's been confusing. I understand the, the sin that we see when we watch the evening news and the perversion that's in this world. I understand the pressures. I'm raising a family in the same world that you're raising a family in, and I'm concerned about the same things you're concerned about. But when I see there is a man named Enoch that walked with God in the midst of a perverse generation, it ought to give us hope to know this, that you and I too can walk with God. Sin in this world does not have to keep you from having a relationship with God that he desires to have with you. Don't use excuses. I want you to write this down. Not only did Enoch have a life of faith, Enoch had a life of fellowship with God. In Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 5, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because he had translated him For before his translation, he had his testimony. He pleased God. Go back with me to the book of Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5, verse number 21, or verse number 22, sorry. And Enoch walked with God after beget Methuselah 300 years. He beget sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God. Enoch had a life of fellowship with God. He he walked with God or you could say this, he had fellowship with God. He knew the voice of God. 
Think about this, church. When God spoke, Enoch recognized his voice. God has given you and I his spirit that lives inside of us. Do you recognize his voice as he speaks to you? Do you hear him? As you're reading God's word, do you recognize God's voice as he's speaking to you? We have the opportunity to hear from the creator of this universe, from God, from heaven. We hear from him. You and I can fellowship with God. We do it through his word. We do it through his spirit. But you and I, in this generation, we too can have fellowship with God. Why did God save you? We'll say this, well, God saved us to serve. And, and God did save you to serve. But if that's all God saved you for, he has angels that are serving. What, why did God really save you? Because God wants to know you intimately. God saved you because he wants to spend eternity with you. God made you and made me and made the human race to have fellowship with him. And sin is the only thing that has broken that fellowship with God. The whole purpose of the human race was the fellowship with God. Listen to me. Mankind is the, the thing, only thing that God breathed into the breath of life and became a living soul. I love animals and I love trees, but they don't, they were not made in the image of God. They don't have God's life breathed into them. Mankind is what God with him. And sin hurt that fellowship and ruined that fellowship. So what did God do? God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die so that our sins could be paid for. He shed his blood like we sang this morning. The blood that flowed from the veins of Jesus Christ covered our sins, paid our sin debt so that we could be reconciled back to God. Why? So we could fellowship with him once again. Don't live this life without being in fellowship with Jesus Christ, without being in fellowship with God. That's what God's after. So often we look at being a Christian, maybe sometimes it's such a difficult thing because of what we have to do and, and what we have to go through and, and the rules and the Word of God and the life that we have to live. Listen to me, throw all that away and realize God saved you so you could fellowship with Him. That's what it's all about. Number three. Number three. Enoch lived a life of faithfulness. He lived a life of faith. He lived a life not only of faith, but he also lived a life um, that he is going to walk with God in fellowship. And then he lived a life of faithfulness. Genesis 5, verse number 22 Again, the Bible says, and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. 300 years. Mark that, 300 years. And begat sons and daughters. He walked with God. H how many of you would say walking with God just a day is hard? <laughs> His testimony was that for 300 years after Methuselah, he walked with God. You know what? That's day in and day out. He walked with God. Good days and bad days, 
He walked with God. He lived in the day of apostasy, and he walked with God. You know what verse number 25 says to me? He begat sons and daughters for those 300 years, and he walked with God. Through parenting, he walked with God. Through marriage, he walked with God. Enoch walked with God during the most awful days in human history. He walked with God through every emotion of his life. He walked with God through every circumstance. He walked with God. There was, there was good days and bad days, and he walked with God. Man was evil. Man was against God. But Enoch walked with God. Church, we need faithfulness in this generation. We need some Enochs that'll walk with God. No matter what life brings, walk with God. Not blaming difficult and problems on why you can't walk with God, but realizing this, through difficulties and through problems, you can still walk with God. Enoch didn't blame the world that he was living in why he couldn't walk with God. He didn't say, I can't raise godly children. I can't be a parent and walk with God at the same time. It takes too much work. It's too busy. No, the Bible says he had sons and daughters and he walked with God. To every parent here in this room today, what a wonderful testimony that is. He had sons and daughters, and he walked with God. Would your children say this of you? You walk with God. Would they say that of your testimony? You walked with God. When they come to you for advice, they know they're coming and they're going to hear from God because you walk with God. Through every storm in life, I want a testimony of walking with God. When my wife speaks to me, I want her to know that her husband walks with God. When my children come to me for advice, I want them to know that their father walks with God. I want them to know the advice they're going to get is going to come from spending time with God. I remember my daughter, Haley, as we were praying, she was graduating high school, and she said all through her senior year, I don't understand. Jacob has life all figured out. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, isn't it so good to know that you don't have to live his life? That God has plans for you. And she said, that's wonderful, Dad. Just tell me what they are. And I said, okay, stay in my house, live in my house forever, never get married. Men are bad. Stay with me forever. That's what God wants for you. She said, no, Dad, really, what does God want? And I taught her this. Pray. Hear God's voice. Learn to walk with them. Oh, I can tell you what I want you to do, or I can teach you to walk with God. And the confusion and the aggravation and the frustration, as she began to pray, as she began to walk with God and hear God's voice, as she began to make decisions, not because of what somebody else was doing or saying, 
but because she believed that she was walking with God. Joy that filled my heart to know when she came and said, this is what I believe that God wants me to do. How could you argue with that? How could you get upset with that? Church, we need a generation of faithfulness. A generation that we walk with God. If you walk with God, stay faithful every day to the Lord. You know what this tells me? Enoch in a perverse generation where there was sexual immorality going all over the place. That's what was so wicked. The sons of God came in chapter number six and lay with the daughters of men and, 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 and men continued to think wickedness. Uh, verse number five of chapter six, and God saw the wickedness of man was great in all the earth and that every imagination of thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Yet Enoch walked with God. Enoch was faithful to his wife. Enoch was faithful to his children. He walked with God because he was a man of faith, because he was faithful. He walked with God because Enoch saw the end. He saw the end and he feared God. Jude tells us as he preached and prophesied, the judgment of the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming with his thousands of, uh, uh, of, of thousands with him. What was he saying is, God has showed me in his word. He saw into the future and he was prophesying, judgment is coming. And because he saw the end, he walked with God. Because he believed God's word, he feared God. And this is what caused him to walk with him. And God gave him a man... A son, the Bible tells us in Genesis 5, by the name of Methuselah. And after he had Methuselah, he, li he lived 300 years, and then he was taken. Methuselah is called this, when he is dead, it shall be sent. That is the meaning of the word Methuselah, the name Methuselah. So Enoch prophesied that the Lord is coming. Methuselah uh, that judgment was coming, the turn back to God. Methuselah was born, and the meaning of the word Methuselah is when he is dead, it shall be sent. So when Methuselah is dead, it shall be sent. What shall be sent? Well, let's look at this in chapter 5, verse number 25. And Methuselah lived 180 and 7 years and begat Lamech. So all of you mathematicians, write this down, 170, 187 years. So after Methuselah was 187 years old, he had a son named Lamech. Lamech, the Bible tells us in verse number 28 of chapter 5, and Lamech lived 180 and two years, and he begat a son, and he called his name Noah. So Methuselah lived 187 years and had a son. That son, when he was 182 had a son whose name was Noah. Go with me to chapter number 7 in verse number 11. Now we're talking about Noah in the ark. In the 600th year of Noah's life, 
in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day where all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened and the rain was upon the earth 40 and 40 nights. When Noah was 600 years old, God sent a flood. Judgment came upon this earth. Enoch prophesied. God gave him a son. That son said, uh, meaning was this, when, it is, when he is dead, it shall be sent. The Bible tells us this of Methuselah. Methuselah lived, in verse number 27, he lived 969 years and he died. Methuselah, if you were to add up 187, when Lamech was born, Lamech 182, Noah was born, and 600 years later, when Noah was 600, you know what you come to? 969 years. The day that Methuselah, the year that Methuselah died, judgment came upon the earth. Enoch walked with God. God showed him that judgment was going to come. Methuselah, I'm going to give you a son. And Methuselah, when he dies, judgment is going to come. And for 969 years, God stayed his judgment upon this earth. God was not willing that any should perish, as the New Testament says, but that all should come to repentance. This shows us the love of God, the heart of God. He is sending a prophet to say, judgment is coming, judgment is coming, judgment is coming. But I'm going to give 969 years so that the world would hear this call for repentance and come back to God. But when he died, judgment came. When he died, the flood came upon this earth. You know what that tells us? That God's word is true. It was true then, and it is true today. And God's word says this, that judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Jesus Christ is coming again. This world is going to be judged because of all of its sin, because it has forgotten God. It has neglected God. It has refused to believe in this, uh, Jesus Christ. And judgment is going to come. And as Enoch's here today, we must preach judgment is coming. It's time to repent. It's time to repent and it's time to walk with God. Enoch believed what God said and it changed him. The Word of God changes you if you believe it. If you hear the message of salvation preached that Jesus Christ came and He died for your sin and you believe on the name says, thou shalt be saved. Believing on the word of God changes you. It changes you so that you can receive salvation. And once you receive salvation, you are changed. The spirit of God comes and lives inside of you. You are adopted to the family of God. You are joint heirs with Jesus. God is your father and heaven is your home. You're changed because of the word of God. Does the Word of God change you now that you are saved? If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you believe in Jesus Christ, has it changed you? Could you be said of you that you are Enoch? That you are walking with God? You're communing with God? Are you living with the truth of God's Word in mind today? Are you living a life of faith? Are you living a life of fellowship? 
And are you living a life of faithfulness? There is no excuse. If Enoch could walk with God, so can you and so can I. If Enoch can raise children and walk with God, so can you and so can I. If we could live a life pleasing to God, if Enoch could live a life pleasing to God, so can you and so can I. And what is the overall purpose? Because Jesus is coming again. Family members and co-workers and neighbors. If they don't know Jesus Christ, my mom was showing me those pictures last evening. I love history, so I was thrilled to see them. Look back and saw all these pictures of all these family members. Then I remembered. Far back as my mom can remember, she's the only one in her family that ever trusted Jesus Christ as her Savior. She didn't grow up in a Christian home. She grew up in a country, Horton, Michigan, in the middle of nowhere. Not a, not a stop sign, a stoplight in her town. But there's a little church in the middle of nowhere of just a handful of people that wanted to reach their city and their town for the Lord Jesus Christ. They'd go through and they'd knock on all the doors in that little town and they would say, I want to bring your kids to church and we'll have a, a van or a bus to come by. And they knocked on that door and Kathy Harrell stepped on that bus and went to that church and heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and was gloriously saved. She continued to go and continued to go. And when she was a teenager and graduated from high school, the church said, we'll help you go to Bible college. We'll help pay your first year so you would go to Bible college. She met my dad. And, and then she had brothers and sisters that never went to church. But there was a, there was a, a person, my, my, uncle, my uncle, her youngest brother, he had a coworker that said, hey, I, we have a church softball team and, and, and my uncle was a, a very good baseball player and, and he said, why don't you come play on our team? And, and they, they tricked him. They said, come on. And he played. And after the first time, they said, now you have to come to church. He said, I what? Yeah, that's the rule. If you play on the team, you got to come to church. So he said, okay. So he heads off to church. He sits in a church just like this where the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached a week after week. He's playing softball. He's only there because he's playing softball. But then the word of God is preached. He believes what it says. He bows his head and he trusts Jesus Christ as a savior. Why? Because somebody cared. They didn't want him to play softball. They wanted him to receive Christ. 
My grandmother later gets saved. And I remember at my grandmother's funeral, I preached my grandmother's funeral. I'm sitting out in front of the funeral home in the car with my grandfather, and I'm pleading with my grandfather. I said, Pop, just trust Christ. Don't you realize, don't you see that we only have one life, and if you don't know Christ, you'll spend eternity in hell. Several weeks after that conversation, my grandfather called my mom and said, I did it. He said, what'd you do? He said, what Jeremy was telling me in the car about receiving Christ and trusting Christ as my Savior, I believe it, and I trusted Christ as my Savior. Why? Because somebody cared. If there wasn't somebody that cared, knocked on that door and brought my mom to church, there wouldn't be a, a Jeremy who's sitting in the car with his grandfather telling his grandfather that he needs to be saved. Enoch walked with God. Difficult times during difficult seasons during a, a world that was rejecting God. because He had faith. Church, we can make a difference if we have faith. If we live faithful lives, faithfully committed to God's word, if we have fellowship with him, my prayer today is that we live a life of faith, we live a life of fellowship, and we live a life of faithfulness in this generation so God receives glory from your life, my life, in this church. How many of you would say today, that's my prayer, I want to live a life like Enoch. I want to walk with God. I want to experience God. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.